love endures all things. So the scripture says, the scripture for this morning, the scripture that we've come to think of as the definitive word on love, love endures all things. I don't know. Seems like we live in a world where much of what is passed off as love is conditional or limited or temporary. Love endures all things. It lasts past the hard stuff. It keeps going after the relationship has been badly damaged by mistrust or misunderstanding. Love endures all things. Let's think for a moment about what that phrase, love endures, might mean, at least in the context of this scripture. The Greek word translated as endure in this scripture, love endures all things, is the word hupomeno, which means to remain under. That's kind of interesting, to remain under As if we're not just talking about enduring in terms of something being long-lasting, but talking about enduring in terms of remaining in place, remaining foundational to endure, to remain under. So as Paul writes that love endures all things, perhaps what he means to say is that love is always at the foundation of our lives our experience, our identity. It's home base. It's what we build our lives on, what undergirds us to endure, to remain under. And then right after that phrase, love endures all things, in the very next verse comes this three-word sentence, love never ends. And of course, that sparks this question. Is that just another way of saying that love endures? In the New Revised Standard Version, the translation read for us this morning, it says, love never ends. In some other versions, it is translated as, love never fails. In either case, we assume that love endures all things is related to love never ends or love never fails because of the proximity of the two phrases. But the Greek word that is translated as endures is different than the Greek translated as never ends or never fails. The Greek word that gets translated as endures, as I mentioned before, is the word hupomeno, which means to remain under. Love endures because it remains as the foundation of everything. On the other hand, the Greek word translated as ends in some translations or as fails in other translations, as in love never ends, love never fails, is the word ekpipto. And ekpipto is a word that means something like this, to fall off, to fall away. So we might translate the verse that the NRSV offers as love never ends and other versions offer as love never fails as something like this. Love never falls off. Love never falls away. Now, I'm pretty sure by now that that's more Greek origin word meaning stuff than most of you want to consider. A few agreeable nods. But put all that together, love endures and love never ends, and we have an interesting combination. Instead of just saying, love endures all things, love never ends, we might say, love remains under all things. It never falls away. It never falls off. 
That is, love is not only long-lasting, which may be what we think of when we think of the English word endure, but it is under all things. It's the foundation of all things, and it never falls off, so it stays on top of all things. It covers all things. Love endures all things paired with love never ends could then be understood this way. Love is under all things and on top of all things and therefore surrounds all things always. Always. Endures all things, never ends, completely surrounding us. Who knows such love? I think there's something in each of us, perhaps in the child that lives in each of us, that wants to know the answer to questions like these. Will you love me forever? No matter what, always. Is there some kind of love for me that will endure, that will never end, that will never fail? Is it possible Some years ago, I shared a story in the children's story time here at church, a story of love tested, a mother's love tested by a child's mischief, a child's wondering, a child's need to know, the story written by Barbara Jossie titled, Mama, Do You Love Me?, is set in an Inuit context, and it goes like this, Mama, do you love me? Yes, I do, dear one. How much? I love you more than the raven loves his treasure, more than the dog loves his tail, more than the whale loves his spout. How long? I love you until the umiak flies into the darkness, till the stars turn to fish in the sky and the puffin howls at the moon. Mama, what if I carried our eggs, our ptarmigan eggs, and I tried to be careful, and I tried to walk slowly, but I fell and the eggs broke? then I would be sorry, but I would still love you. What if I put salmon in your parka, ermine in your mittens, and lemmings in your mucklucks? Then I would be angry. What if I threw water at our lamp? Then, dear one, I would be very angry, but still I would love you. What if I ran away? Then I would be worried. What if I stayed away and sang with the wolves and slept in a cave? Then, dear one, I would be very sad, but still I would love you. What if I turned into a musk ox? Then I would be very surprised. What if I turned into a walrus? Then I would be surprised and a little scared. What if I turned into a polar bear and I was the meanest bear you ever saw and I had sharp, shiny teeth and I chased you into your tent and you cried? Then I would be very surprised and very scared, but still inside the bear, you would be you and I would love you. I will love you forever and always because you are my dear one. I think the thing I like best about that story are those two words that the mother uses to address the child. 
In the midst of every circumstance the child can think up, the mother responds, Dear One. Dear One. It's the name that says to the one who is being addressed, The love that surrounds you is not only a long-lasting feeling, but it is a a never-ending, fully surrounding, consistent and compassionate response to you, the real you, the for better or worse you. And the message of such love is this, you are worthy, you are welcomed, you are treasured with love presence, and you are always my dear one. Love endures. Love never ends. Now, is such enduring, self-giving, unconditional, wrap-my-arms-around-you love an easy thing? No, of course not. Love is beautiful, and it is also costly, It costs us everything that is in our heart. It fills our heart and sometimes it breaks our heart. This afternoon I have a memorial service to officiate. It's more than that word officiate suggests. It's more than doing something official. It's sharing with and coming alongside a particular family as they take another step on the journey of love and loss they've been on. It's not just me, but it's all of us walking with them. It's remembering with sadness and with gratitude. It's necessary, it's intense, it's true and real. For those reasons, this service this afternoon will be good and it will be hard. And how could it not be hard? This service for a young woman who died one day short of her 29th birthday. Of course it's hard. It's hard because it feels to most of us like her life was cut short. It's hard because children aren't supposed to die sooner than their parents, at least in our understanding of the right order of things. When it happens, it feels like a death out of season, out of the intended life cycle. It's hard because cancer is random and often inexplicable. It's hard because we always struggle to wrap our minds, much less our hearts, around the idea, the reality of somebody being gone from this world. And it's hard because there is so much more loss and death in the world right now, so many people who are grieving. But most of all, it is hard because of love. When you love with a deep love, with real love, the love you have for those to whom you are closest, parental love, sibling love, dearest friend love, losses like this are hard. And the more you love, the harder it seems to be. Part of the reason for that is because when you are dealing with death, the death of a loved one, the death of one you carry in your heart, there is this monumental rupture between what you are feeling and what you are experiencing. You feel love, love that never ends, love of the sort that is under and on top of and completely surrounding your thoughts and feelings toward that person. And at the same time, the person herself is gone. So where does that love settle? What can it do anymore? How do you hold these things together? 
love that never ends, and life that does. Giving yourself to love in times like this throws you into place in heart and mind that is bittersweet. This love you have is what, you makes, what makes you feel sharply the sadness and loss. And at the same time, this love you have is what gives you hope that there is something that endures, something that lasts longer than even our shared lives on this earth. You don't want to stop feeling this love. But to feel it is to feel perpetual pain too. I feel a little gloomy talking about love this way. Love that endures even when life ends. But to talk about what lasts is in part to acknowledge what doesn't. So there we are. To say that love endures is to recognize that not everything does. So where do we go from there? I think there's no choice but to go deeper into the gift that is love. It's the only place to go. Through the pain, deeper into the feelings of love and loss, to the place where we recognize that we cannot be who we are, we cannot be who we want to be with each other, no matter what it will cost us in the end, unless we give ourselves to love. Paul says that without love, life is pointless. Without love, as hard as it might be sometimes, as much as it opens us to pain sometimes, without it, we are nothing. We have nothing. We gain nothing. Love is the greatest gift, the greatest gift you can give and the greatest gift you can receive. And it is in you and it is all around you. And when love holds you and you hold others in a spirit of patient kindness, selfless support, humble respect, generous honesty, affectionate appreciation, you are held and are holding what is most wondrous, most powerful, most animating for the human experience. And not only in that moment, and not only in this world, but forever and for always. The wonder and the power of being surrounded by these animating aspects of love, love beneath us, above us, all around us, is everything. Sit with that thought for a moment. Soak in it. The wonder and the power of this gift of love surrounding you, flowing in and through you forever and always as everything. As you think about that, I want to read again 
the heart of 1 Corinthians 13 from four different translations. Love is great-hearted, love is kind, knows no jealousy, makes no fuss, is not puffed up, no shameless ways, doesn't force its rightful claim, doesn't rage or bear a grudge, doesn't cheer at others' harm, rejoices rather in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, love hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Love is magnanimous, love is kind, is not envious, does not boast, does not bluster, does not act in an unseemly fashion, does not seek for things of its own, is not irascible, does not take account of the evil deed, does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices with the truth. It tolerates all things, has faith in all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Love puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love is all that is good between us. Love is everything that sustains relationship, that sustains health, that sustains growth, that simply sustains. And love never fails, love never dies, love never ends. It endures all things, it endures. And don't forget this, love comes from God and it takes us home to God because God is love. The scripture backs me up on that, 1 John 4, 8, look it up. And I think that when we say that God is love, that means that the divine will for us, the divine purpose for us is for us to be held in love. We humans are created in love and created for love love. When the story tells of the Inuit mother calling her little daughter dear one, I hear another echo of scripture, the voice from heaven saying to Jesus as he comes up from the waters of baptism, you are the beloved. We are dear ones. We are the beloved too. God is love and we are beloved. Are we perfect in our love? No. Will we fail? Yes. Will we, in childlike ways, want to test the love of others? Of course. Even though we know God is love and we have received God's unconditional and wholehearted love over and over, we are not perfect in the way that we love. We are not consistent, and sometimes we can't manage to keep going. 
But that's us. That's not love. Love, the power of love, its depth, its presence, its perseverance is in us. And thank God, it is beyond us. In the end, this is always true. That love can and will run through us, catching us up and carrying us along forever. Love endures all things. Love never ends. Love remains under all things. It never falls away. It never falls off. I will love you forever and for always because you are my dear one. You are the beloved. Amen.